Yeah, yeah, what it is. Welcome back to another episode of the Big T Debate. I go by the name of Danny Pacheco. Now, if you're not so familiar with what goes down here, we pretty much just talk about everything that is related to pop culture and music. And uh, see now, I just said that. I feel like it's only right for you to just, you know, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. And if you are listening from Spotify or Apple Music, just click follow and share this to as many people as you can. Uh, I don't even know where to start because, like, you know, it's been a big week. Uh, one that's been really positive, you know, because, you know, sometimes just thinking about the negative things and the scandals that we feel like, you know, we can't really run away from when it comes to this whole music thing. Like, me having to just talk about it or like even get into a position where I feel like I have to just couple a couple of things, it sometimes weighs on my shoulders. So it feels good to just know that, you know, this week, especially when it comes to music, you know, um, and speaking of music, uh, Aries, 25K, Hustler's Prayer. I feel like that's really a, a dope song and a dope note for us to just start and, you know, just talk about, you know. Uh, I feel like, you know, the single in itself has been something that's been in the works for, for some time because before just, you know, uh, Aries jumping into the studio with 25K, I did see uh, Aries himself. Uh, through TWC book 25k with uh, the mini shows that they used to host there by uh, Top Floor which was like some other club in Pretoria by Acadia and they used to have this New Year's Eve kind of event and I remember even just seeing 25k on that lineup for the first time and just thinking to myself like yo I really wonder how these dudes would actually work out in a song because you know they come from two different worlds the other one's like a storyteller a poet and then the other one Hebatwam Grille is like yeah oh like, you know, he made so many people proud to just, you know, rap in their own mother tongue. Or just, you know, pretty much just talk about Spitori in the song, or rap in Spitori, if I would just put in a clearer way. And just seeing them come together and actually make a song together was really dope. And it exceeded my expectations in, in the sense of, you know, sometimes I like complicating things. Uh, I think too much, you know. Uh, it works to my advantage in certain scenarios, but certain scenarios it, it doesn't. And luckily for me, at least in this situation, I'm just a mere listener. You know, I'm, I'm just like an audience, just like you are, you know. And besides me just thinking that, okay, maybe the song might have not worked out over just like this one thing I've been, del- I've been deliberating for years. Even when I started seeing these dudes just working with you guys, it's just like 25K being booked at ABC's events. I've always wondered like, oh, could it, could, uh, 25k be the one dude to actually bring back 25 uh Aries actually to that world of like now rapping and Soto, Setsuana or like just mixing it up you know just adding that Spitori lingo and I guess unfortunately that didn't really happen but like that doesn't say that the song in itself wasn't strong or like even Aries's verse wasn't as good because it was because it triggered a whole lot of people so a lot uh, so a lot of individuals on Twitter pretty much just talking about how it was like a young wake-up call, you know, just listening to that uh, Aries verse. It woke up a lot of people, you know, evoked a whole lot of emotions, but while you still, their parents, you know, like, uh, just about the pandemic in itself and what it means. So if we're talking about relevancy and music pretty much just like sticking to this time and connecting with the current state that we're in, that's what that song is, you know? And even the title in, in, in itself, you know, I feel like 
both of them would have done an injustice if they didn't give us like you know the verses that we needed from him or like the messaging was maybe maybe might have been pretty off would have been a different situation i would have been talking about the song in a different light or a different note so that was really dope just to see um people just reacting to the song the way that they did and for 25k himself to actually just get a number one uh charting song on apple music i'm not so sure if it was like on the hip-hop charts or was like overall but a part of me thinks that it might have been overall I-, I still might have to just double check on that but just him just getting a number one regardless is like something really big just releasing a single like that you know um was i know for for a fact a lot of people might not think that hey this might be your regular sounding radio song or charts yeah charting kind of single you know to release as an actual single of the album but i think in the grander scheme of things it's going to make sense you know it's like a piece to a bigger puzzle and i remember you just talking to a friend of mine and just telling him like yo if he keeps on releasing more of these goodies man like <laughs> i think he might ruin like the whole experience you know the whole listening experience of an album i remember even having conversations with a friend of mine back in the day who used to be like music hippies i'm not saying that any of that has changed but like you know people grow and whatever but every time we were released uh not released but like just talk about new music releases actually it'll be this thing of hey man i'm i'm really off this whole single stuff you know i'd rather just wait for the album to actually drop for some to some degree i feel like it kind of clouds my judgment on certain songs or how i feel like the the entire album experience might be like so i think i'm getting back into that bag you know even though those are my friend's sentiments in terms of like how he feels about people releasing singles but like I feel like I'm also just getting back into that bag where I'm relating and connecting with them, especially when it comes to this new 25k release. That uh, you know, I think from now on, moving forward, I'm just not going to listen to anything that he releases till we get the full-on album. But I guess you know, we left it a couple of days. From me just recording this, just talking about this right now is like what the seventh, and uh, if I'm doing my match right, we got like a good sixteen days, sixteen days if I'm not mistaken, a good sixteen days. And speaking of actual album releases within the month of July, uh, someone that's actually more so like a label mate, because uh, it's tricky, like uh, the whole Piff situation with 25K, but I know he's like, he's part of the Piff family. And then um, I did mention like a couple of weeks back, I think, yeah, one of the previous episodes, I was talking about how this Stein uh, Entertainment Company, which owns Rocking the Daisies, which owns the whole uh, real estate empire. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly or something, but um, you know that place called Stein City? Those same individuals, they own that place. And then, uh, like I did mention, Rocking the Daisies. And now they own, um, not really own, but like they in partnership with uh, a, who's this guy? Von Thiel, who happens to be uh, Coke Stokes. Zuchi Coke Dope's now manager and he used to be Shane Eagle's manager and he also manages Bonte who's uh, Pretty Ugly's wife and he manages Pretty Ugly so now they sign this joint venture agreement together to like you know just go into a, a whole partnership where Stein in a way yeah Stein Entertainment in a way will be releasing most of the projects on those individuals labels I mean like Pretty Ugly's got 
Gas, which is global, uh, global African sounds. And then you got Zuchi called Dope, also has got uh, Piff. And like I did mention earlier on, I'm not so sure. Seeing that 25k sound that deal with Sony Music Africa, how things come into play. But it's really nice to see like, okay, label mates, sort of like family mates, competing on that level of, okay, 25k is releasing on the 23rd. And as far as I know, um, Pretty Ugly is also releasing an album called The Soil on the 27th. So it's really going to be a nice, nice, nice month for, for, for hip-hop pretty much in SA. And just for those dudes as, you know, family mates slash label mates since, you know, kind of twisted up in my mind in terms of what that means on a, on a business front in terms of like 25k situation. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, he's still family to Piff. He recorded the album, I like to think, at Zucci Studios. Zucci curated the whole entire album, produced it, executive produced the album, came up with the whole direction concepts. So it's going to be really nice to just see, you know, how these things play out, actually. Um, what's also grand is uh, the fact that someone that, uh, after listening to an interview, uh, I grew so much respect for, which is uh, Costa Titch, is now pretty much just like owning up and delivering on the promises that he mentioned on this other Lab Live interview that he did with Ricky Rick. And the dudes from, um, what's this thing called? See? He happened to have these moments, but like Zeus Omega and this other dude who happens to be Zaki's best bro, best friend. They have a page which is for the culture. I'm forgetting what that, that page is, but like, you know, they pretty much just like disseminate information related to just, you know, the culture in itself. They played a big role in just, you know, um, nurturing a whole lot of talent. You know, the, the new wave of artists that we know today, they have, you know, played a part in actually making them who they are today. And uh, during that interview in itself, you know, they're just discussing a whole lot of things. And one of the things that Kostitich uh, was talking about in that Lab Live interview is that how the, the COVID situation in a way just like made his uh, workings and the way he wanted to move a bit difficult for him because like there were certain things that he was planning and he was not able to actually do those things because of the pandemic in itself. And one of those things was the transition from the Made in Africa album to now recording a bunch of music and not being able to just drop it the way that he wanted wanted to drop it or he just dropped the music in itself, you know? And two weeks ago, he dropped Noma Ganjani and just when I thought that he was not going to stop, he came back again with another banger featuring Blackie uh, and uh, Phantom Steez was also just some really dope day by that camp of Titch Gang. And what I really found really dope about that song itself is the fact that it was co-produced by Costa uh, Titch and both you one chopping is one other individual that I keep on forgetting. But uh, that song itself is really amazing because I remember just thinking to myself like, yo, I love Costa Titch. I believe he's got bangers in him, but like, I'm still yet to feel like he's dropped a dope verse that I really vibe with, you know, not saying that he hasn't had any solid verses with the music that he's released so far, but just, I've been wanting to get that moment where I feel like, yeah, this dude actually wowed me with the stuff that he released. And when he dropped that song, I was like, yeah, yeah. 
these these people are now like they're really working they're really hungry for this thing and it was just like a young testament to just everything or not even a testament just like you know when you reassure yourself of everything that you've been saying when you reassure yourself of everything that you've been saying and you, you get to see it happen like in terms of like the music that you're releasing and just like the momentum that carries the music in itself because like he's like oh I'll, i've got bangers i'm still going to make more bangers on that lap live uh interview and that's what he's been doing pretty much just like dropping music consistently because he understands that we're in a time where in as much as like a lot of people are inside but the way we consume music is like it's like that's that whole process with how we consume music so for him to just keep on having that momentum of i'm gonna drop 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 is really something commendable and uh i want to big up the, the major steez kids also because even when i first heard that uh utini song that i was just talking about by costa tich at first just because of what must be what must be dubs has actually been doing there by that camp in terms of like incorporating a whole lot of lock drum in the beats in the beats that they make. I automatically thought that even the major uh, not even the major D song, but um the Costa Titch song that was co-produced by Costa Titch himself and O three one chopper was actually produced by Must Be Dubs. But uh, it so happens that at least you know this song kinda adds on that momentum that must be dubs has actually been on, you know, in terms of create, creating these beats which are so I'm a piano influence with a lock drum and he he did one for those for those those bros when uh Major Steez with that song that he dropped called Too Easy. So you have to see the visuals because last time I saw on the Instagram they posted like a young trailer slash preview to the song. And the song actually features Must Be Dubs and uh CK who we often see know as Teddy from Gomorra. So that was really dope to see. And uh, I really like the run that they've been on, Majesties, you know. Um, they started off in the game as just like some R&B type kids. And I was not so sure where that was headed. But in terms of like the music that they've dropped since like 2019, leading up to where we are in now 2021, you can see that hey, hip hop is really their space and they're really dominating it. And it feels like there's someone really dope in their corner directing them in terms of like, how we should move and this is how we should attack it because like the music in itself is connected with me you know and as much as like you know some people might feel like ah hey pachago just a hot brown but like if if that music in itself could connect with me if someone was like 26 and i make it sound like yo i'm 40 or something but like yo i'm connecting with the music so imagine what this song in itself especially when the video drops What's it going to do to your grandma and your, your grandpa? They're probably going to be shaking their bodies to this. I'm pretty sure of that because, like, it really en encapsulates, like, you know, the roots and everything that is to be likable with just being South African, you know? And uh, I guess, like, for us, it just close off a bunch of other things that I want to mention. I want to congratulate Oscar Mbo. Not only for just him just hitting 500,000 uh, streams overall across all platforms, uh, for his For the Groovers album. But the fact that in a time where not too many house DJs have been celebrated, he still gets the trend after releasing a brand new EP called The Defenders of House. I think that's something really big, you know? And I wouldn't even have gone to this point of me addressing 
you know, ask them about the way that I'm addressing them. If it wasn't for an individual who made me even think about that statement that I just said, just for him to just be a house DJ and Hotsanamu Twitter, being the first person on the trending list. That's really crazy because like, we're in a time where if we're not talking on a piano, we're talking hip-hop and that's just that. And I guess like with hip-hop, I could say we could leave room for R&B because like they more or less genres which have complemented each other over the years, you know? So I mean, it's the same story in the States. It's the same story in SA. Like you kind of cannot have, and I'm not saying you can't have a hip-hop career without having like an R&B artist like, you know, giving you a hook or, you know, yeah, giving you some help in terms of the vocal department. But like to some degree, like when you picture like really successful, really successful hip-hop acts, you would see that they have missed the R&B and it's been vice versa also like where R&B artists are missing with hip-hop artists. So for Oscar to just be where he is right now and still carrying the flag for House is really dope. I mean, 500,000 uh, subscribers, 500,000 streams for a House album. That's really dope. And I'm one individual who's actually even gotten like a young sneak peek in terms of like what's been happening there behind the scenes. Not saying that I was there physically, but like there was a homie of mine who was doing like, some videography work for Roscombe and he was just letting me in on like what's actually happening down there back camp. And you could tell like, you know, this dude greedy, like uh, worked hard to just get what he, he's gotten, you know, from the endorsements. To even the shows in itself, you know, so those points where it was him pretty much just curating these shows for himself during a lockdown where, you know, there's a certain amount of people allowed at certain pubs. He was making sure that, you know, okay, if I drop this album, then, you know, make the most out of this album. So for him to just drop an EP and a trend, I think that's really incredible. And even the EP in itself is really dope. And it kind of uh affirmed this thing that i didn't believe in for a while because you know i've always thought that only like house and hip-hop or like genres where not even house and hip-hop but like r&b and hip-hop or genres where people actually sample music and there's only after i listened to julian gomez's and uh at jazz's what's this album called big back crazy where a friend of mine pretty much just told me like yo Sampling has always been a thing in house, and that's how I feel about uh, the Defenders of House uh, EP. It's like you know, there's a whole lot of sampling going on, and for all the right reasons, because because it, it brings you back, you know, like if you're someone who might maybe not be a, a big fan of deep house, or you might be in need of like some sort of education in terms of like what the music back then sounded like. I think Defenders Defenders of House EP in a way plays a big role in just like, you know, bring you back to that, like, yo, this is how music in itself used to sound. So it kind of like encapsulates those times in terms of the music in itself. Um, another in interesting thing for us to just close off that I found really dope was the fact that, you know, we might be getting a Reason song. And it's a different Reason song. It's a Reason on another piano song. So this IG Live, the DJ Maporisa, I was like, yo, hey, if you guys are still going to continue writing this dude reason off, uh, I think you have no reason now, for sure. And I didn't really mean to just make that part, but legit people don't have no reason to hate on reason, to be honest, because the bars on that song, um, 
him getting into this bag of just, you know, uh, the knack, rapping in Zulu and just mixing it up. It really sounds dope. And uh, I feel like, you know, there wouldn't be a, a better time for people to just experiment with this music thing. I'm not saying that every rapper should be on Ama Piano, but like, yo, if you have that sauce, why not? You know, might bring, uh, bring about like some really dope opportunities. I mean, look at what Foka is right now. A lot of us are starving. A lot of artists are just waiting for the, the president to actually get the country back to where it was in terms of like, you know, opening up a couple of things that might open up the economy. And for now, people are just chilling at home. But like, yo, if you're trying to get to some bread, maybe piano might be the solution. And just like that, I think that's where we're going to end things off today. Uh, I go with the name of Danny Pacheco, if you didn't know. And this has been the Big T Debate. Peace.